All right, well, hi, Community Alliance Church. I want to welcome you back to week four of Community Alliance Church Online. In the absence of being able to meet all together under this roof, I hope that you've been enjoying the online sermons and the content that we've been able to deliver to you over the past few weeks. I actually had one of my friends text me and say, you know, it used to be that I would have to decide what shirt and what pants to wear to church on Sunday. Now I'm just deciding if I'm going to wear a shirt and pants to church on Sunday. So whatever you're wearing today, or not wearing, we're just glad that you've chosen to be with us here this morning or this afternoon or this evening whenever you're watching this. One of the, one of the positive byproducts, I think, of this COVID-19 crisis is that for many of us, it's forced us to communicate with people that we don't normally interact with as much in our lives. I know that I've been checking in on a lot of folks. A lot of folks have been checking in on me. And in the conversations that I've been having, and maybe in the conversations that you've been having, there's sort of a basic underlying question that just keeps coming up over and over again in some form or variation. And that question is this. How are you being impacted? How are you being impacted by all of this? This COVID-19 crisis is a unique crisis, I think, because it's a crisis that has impacted every single one of us. Everyone watching this right now has been impacted in some way. It's not a crisis that happened here, but not there, or there, but not here. It's not something that happened to me, but not you, or to you, but not me. It's impacted all of us, even, even right now. Uh, I know that I am speaking to parents who have been in their homes with their kids for almost a month, and, and kids who've been stuck in their houses with their parents for almost a month. Uh, I know right now watching are people who live alone, who, who are suffering from loneliness because out of a caution of not becoming ill, have cut themselves off from face-to-face human contact. Uh, I'm talking to students who have poured hours and hours and hours into sports or dramas or other activities only to have them canceled. I'm talking to seniors who don't know if they're going to be able to graduate from high school and school administrators who are trying to figure out if the seniors can graduate from high school as well as teachers who on a moment's notice have had to learn an entirely new teaching style. There are breadwinners watching this who are facing the uncertainty of a layoff and and people in other industries who've worked many, many stressful hours because of how their specific line of work has been affected. Business owners who've had to close their doors and supervisors who've had to lay off loyal employees. I know watching this right now are people who have saved diligently for retirement only in the matter of a few weeks to watch their savings be reduced dramatically. And certainly there are healthcare workers right now who are watching and are facing this crisis and who are tasked with preparing for worst case scenarios and who are going to work every day putting their own health on the line in order to care for the health of others. And no doubt there are those watching who've been impacted directly, whether have been coming sick themselves or maybe someone they care about becoming sick and, and, and watching them go through that. All of us have been impacted in some way. You've been impacted in some way. And this morning, or this afternoon, or this evening, whenever you're watching, I want to talk about the question, not how are you being impacted, but a variation of this question. And that question is this, how are you being impacted by how you are being impacted? I'm not talking about how your job, or your finances, or your health is being impacted by COVID-19, by the externals outside of you. I'm talking about how you, in here, in your faith, in your heart condition, are being impacted by how your job or your finances or your health is being impacted. I want to talk about not what's going on out here, 
but what's going on in here. And so this morning, we're looking at this question, how are you being impacted by how you are being impacted? And we're going to look at it through a story in the Bible in the Old Testament. We're going to be looking at a story today of a group of sailors who allow a mysterious escapee to be a passenger on their ship. If you have your Bibles at home, you can turn with me, or if you want to pull it out on your mobile device, you can follow along on the screen. We're going to be in Jonah chapter 1 this morning, and we're going to start in verse 1. And the Bible says in Jonah 1, 1, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. If you're familiar at all with that story, you might know that Jonah actually never made it to Tarshish. Instead, out in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, this happened. After paying the fare and boarding the ship and shelling for Tarshish to flee for the Lord, then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. Here in Jonah 1, we find these sailors out on a ship in the middle of a sea, and a storm comes upon them. It was a storm that they didn't expect, a storm they weren't necessarily prepared for, a storm that was no fault of their own, and a storm that threatened their lives in many different ways. Maybe you're looking at this today and you say, I can relate with this a little bit, or a lot. You feel like you're in the middle of a storm. There was a quote circulating in the news over the past couple weeks. It was from one of President Obama's chief of staffs, Rahm Emanuel. But the quote actually can be traced back to the 1500s to a man named Niccolo Machiavelli. And it was claimed that he said this, never waste the opportunity offered by a good crisis. Never waste the opportunity offered by a good crisis. Now, I'm sure that when Mr. Emmanuel or when Machiavelli said this, they were referring to the arena of politics, and it certainly might be true when it comes to politics, but that's not my line of work. My line of work is matters of the faith. And even though Machiavelli meant it for something else, I believe this is absolutely true when it comes to our relationship with God. God never wants to waste the opportunity that a crisis brings for him to impact your spiritual life. In this story in Jonah, we're going to see that God used a physical threat to their lives to impact their spiritual lives. And today I want you to know that God wants to use this storm that we are in that threatens us and impacts us in many ways to impact us spiritually. More more than that even, not only is this storm an opportunity for God to impact us spiritually, this storm is an optimal opportunity for God to impact us. Today we're going to say it like this. Stormy conditions are optimal conditions to impact your spiritual condition. This storm that we're in right now is the optimal condition for God to impact your spiritual condition. I mean, think about it. God may have your attention right now in ways that he has never had it before. Some of us are praying like we've never prayed before, praying for more people than we've ever prayed before, praying in ways we've never prayed before. Some of us are asking questions that we've never even thought to ask before, spiritual questions, and we're seeking. Some of us watching this right now, some of you watching, if people knew who knew you knew that you were watching a church service to get some guidance through this storm, they would be shocked. 
but you know this is true in your life. God may be working your life in a way that he's never worked before because stormy conditions are optimal conditions for God to impact your spiritual condition. We're gonna see that this is true in the lives of the sailors. When the storm came up at first, the sailors were all afraid. These experienced sailors still had fear in the storm because stormy conditions expose your fears. Stormy conditions expose our fears. Here right now I'm preaching in our CAC building and, and over the past few years we, we had a leak. We had a leak in one of our children's ministry rooms that was just one of those leaks that we could not find where it was coming from. And it was so, so frustrating. We tried many things to fix it. We, we patched about every place in the roof that water could possibly get through and many places it couldn't possibly get through. But no matter what we did, we couldn't get the leak stopped. One of the hard things about this leak was that it only leaked when it stormed really, really hard. In sunny conditions or in even slightly rainy conditions, there would be no leak. But as soon as a big storm arose, water would be coming through the roof. And so if you were ever here in the middle of a big storm, you might have seen me or one of our facility staff running to the room where the leak was because the storm was our opportunity to potentially find the leak. Did you know in our lives, we all have leaks? In our lives, we all have fears, just like the sailors had, that are only exposed when the big storms come. In calm conditions and clear skies, we might not realize that they are there, but it doesn't change the fact that they're still in our lives. In fact, they influence our lives more than we even realize it. The fears that we have in our lives, they influence our decisions and our actions and our relationships and our words but often we don't actually see that they're there when things are going fine. It's only in the storm that those fears are exposed. So today I want to ask you, would you admit to yourself and to God that this storm has raised some fears in your life? I hope you will because it's only when our fears are exposed and we confess them that God's able to address them in our lives. So what fears has this storm raised for you? What has worried you or concerned you the most? Maybe for you it's been, it's been a fear of not having enough. Or, or for you it's been a fear of, of letting people down or making the wrong decision. Maybe it's been a fear of not being in control or, or a fear of bad health or even a fear of death or maybe a fear of abandonment or a fear of powerlessness. What fear in your life has this storm raised? If you will discover the fear that this storm has brought to the surface in your life, be willing to explore where it's coming from and allow God to come in and patch that leak, begin to fix that fear in your life. You're going to experience change in your life, not just in this storm, but in the calm. The story continues on. The sailors were afraid and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. The sailors began to throw cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. Now don't rush past what this is telling us. These sailors were likely traders who would carry cargo from one area in the Mediterranean Sea to another area in the Mediterranean Sea in order to sell it. And it's very reasonable to assume that just a few days earlier when they were loading the ship, they had taken this very cargo and been careful to secure it 
to somewhere on the deck or below deck, making sure that no matter what happened out on the sea, that it would be safe from harm because they knew their livelihood depended upon it. If they didn't have good cargo, when they got where they were going, they wouldn't have items to sell. And if they couldn't sell items, they wouldn't get paid. And yet suddenly what had been valuable just a few days before was now being thrown into the sea. Their precious cargo had become a liability because in the storm, their priorities had changed. Because stormy conditions change your priorities. Stormy conditions change your priorities. You know, when when things are calm in our life and things are going well, those are actually the worst conditions to change our priorities. Sure, sure, we might know that our priorities need to be different. We'll say that our priorities need to be different, but we won't actually change them because we don't have to. But, But I know that in my life and maybe in your life, you've realized this, the darker the skies become, the clearer our priorities become. Have you experienced this? We know this just from our everyday lives. Maybe for you, it wasn't until your spouse was sobbing or threatened to leave you that you knew that your marriage had to become a priority. Maybe it wasn't until until you got that call from your parents telling you about the bad diagnosis that you needed to make it a priority to spend more time with them. Maybe it wasn't until your child got in trouble at school that you knew it was going to be a priority to make sure you knew what they were watching on TV or where they were going online or who they were spending time with. Maybe it wasn't until you wound up in the hospital room with the health scare that you knew your diet and exercise had to be a priority. Maybe it wasn't until you lost a job that you knew that how you're managing your finances needed to be a priority. If you look at the it wasn't till stories in your life, you will probably see that the it wasn't till stories in your life are usually the stories of a storm. Because stormy conditions are the optimal conditions to change our priorities. So what priorities in your life have you realized need to change in this storm? You know, what in your life was so important two months ago that now you say, it's just not that important? Or what wasn't very important to you two months ago that now you would say, it's become really, really important? Look at the deck of your life. Do you have cargo in your life that up until now you've been holding securely and keeping fastened down that you realize that it's just not that important. You need to loosen it up or maybe even throw it into the sea. Or do you have things in your life that you've been allowing to haphazardly just slide all over the deck of your life, but now you realize that they are much more precious than you ever knew before? How are the stormy conditions impacting your priorities? The story continues on in Jonah chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. The sailors were afraid. And so they each cried out to their own God. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and he fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. The sailors had what we would call a polytheistic worldview. Poly what, you might say? This simply meant that they believed in many different gods and they worshipped many different gods. They had a god, like many ancient cultures, for everything under the sun, including the sun. 
And so what this story is alluding to is the fact that these sailors would have thought that the God of the sea, whoever that God was, had become offended. And so they were turning to their patron gods and asking for those gods to interfere on their behalf to save them from the storm. When they didn't get answers from their gods, they tried something different. They turned to an ancient form of decision making in the next verse. It says, the sailors said to each other, come, Let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on, big surprise, Jonah. So they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered them, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, what have you done? And this is fascinating. Before all of this happened, they knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. Have you ever traveled internationally and come back to the United States? Whenever you re-enter the United States, you go through customs and you get a form that asks the question, what was the purpose of your visit? And the options are usually personal or business. Well, if Jonah had to fill out a form when he got onto the ship, he would have added a third option. The purpose of my visit is to run from God. Apparently, in the calm conditions, this purpose wasn't very important to the sailors. He paid the money and they were glad to let him onto the ship. But when the storms arose, they suddenly had all kinds of questions. In the course of three verses, they asked Jonah six different questions that they didn't care to ask before because stormy conditions raise questions that need answers. Stormy conditions raise questions that need answers. In the storm, the sailors had questions that they were not getting answers for from their gods and that could only be answered by Jonah's one true God. Us 21st century Westerners might look at this story and think, how silly is it for sailors to be turning to all these gods? It's crazy to believe that. You know, they would have had a God for everything, a God for beauty, a God for sex, a God for pleasure, a God for wealth, a God for safety, and so on and so on and so on. And it's easy for us to look back and say, how foolish, how primitive is it for them to do that? Some would even say that because of education or technology or advancement that we have progressed or evolved past a need for many gods. Others would go as far to say it's not just that we don't need many gods. We don't need any god. Some even would say that they believe in God but in their life live as as though there was no god. But I want to ask you to think about our culture. Even think about yourself right now. As silly as it is to look at the sailors who are calling on all these different gods to help them, when you look at our culture right now, even though we might not have a name to God for things like beauty or health or pleasure or wealth or sex and so on and so on and so on, could you not say that in our culture we still worship these things? It's just that we have eliminated the God of the object and we've taken the object and elevated it to the status of God. 
And when you look at things like beauty and wealth and safety and pleasure and all of these things that these ancient people would have had a God for, could you not say that we in our culture, maybe you, even sometimes turn to these gods for answers and for security in your life? You see, the thing is, when the seas are calm and the skies are clear, we can sort of just turn to these gods without even realizing it. It's just kind of what our culture does. But storms are different. Storms raise questions that the sailors' gods could not answer and that the gods of our culture cannot answer. Storms expose the fragility of human life. Storms expose the fact that we're really not that in control, at least not as as much as we like to think to. Storms expose the emptiness of the false gods that we cling to because stormy conditions raise questions that need answers. Stormy conditions raise questions like, what really is the purpose of this life? If we look around and we see that this life can be so fragile and can end so quickly, what is the meaning of it? And actually, what happens after this life is over? Storms raise questions like, is there really a solution to the pain and suffering that we see in our world? Not just in a health crisis, but all over. Storms raise questions like, How can there be so much good and so much evil simultaneously in the human race? Storms raise questions like in the absence and in the silence of our cultural gods, is there a God who is not absent and who is not silent? What questions has this storm raised for you? What questions are you asking right now? Where are you turning for your answers? Thankfully, in this story of the sailors in the book of Jonah, we're not left hanging when it comes to an answer. The story continues in verse 11. It says, The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked, What should we do to make the sea calm down for us? This is really the bottom line question, isn't it? What do we need to do to get through the storm? What do we need to do to survive? Maybe this is a question that you've been asking. What do I need to do to make it through this storm? Maybe it's a question you've asked about other storms in life. How do I make it through the storms in life? This is where this incredible story becomes utterly fascinating because we're gonna see that the answer for the sailors points to the ultimate answer for all of the storms in life. Jonah says this to them. He says, pick me up and throw me into the sea and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Jonah tells them, we need to go, to, we need to go overboard on the social distancing. Literally overboard. Throw me into the sea and it'll get better. Well, the sailors didn't want to do that, so they try a couple other things first, but finally they give in. And in verse 15, they took Jonah, threw him overboard, and sure enough, the raging sea grew calm. 
At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Did you see what happened to the men, to the sailors in the story? Did you see how God impacted their lives? In their past, they were sailors who were afraid. They were sailors who in a storm had fear. Who in a storm realized that they had mixed up priorities. In a storm would cling to their false gods for security. In the past, that's who they were. But because in this storm, God impacted their lives, they became men who in the future greatly feared the Lord. Their future was different from their past because when God uses stormy conditions in your life, stormy conditions can redirect your future. Stormy conditions can change your future. In this story, because Jonah was willing to give up his life in order that the men on the ship could be saved from the storm, they were able to live. One life given for the many. Because Jonah was willing to give his life, the past for the sailors was different than the future that God had for them. Does this story sound a little bit familiar to you? If it does, it's because the story of Jonah points to the story of Jesus for our lives. The difference is that Jonah deserved to be thrown overboard for the rebellion that he had towards God. He had gotten himself and the sailors into the mess that they were in. But Jesus didn't give his life to save himself from the mess that he created. He gave himself to save us from the mess that we created spiritually in our lives. We deserve to be thrown overboard into the sea of the consequences for our rebellion against God. But just when it was time to go overboard, Jesus came to our world and said, no, 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 not you. Throw me overboard. I will die. I will be buried. I will suffer the consequences of your sin so that you can experience the peace and the calm waters and the clear skies that can only come through life in me. Because Jesus Christ came into our world to give his life in the storm, we can experience the peace and the security and the purpose of life in Jesus. In Jesus, like these sailors, we can have peace from our fears. We can have clarity in our priorities. And we can have answers to the questions of life because Jesus gave his life for us in the storm. You know, if you're sailing through life and Jesus is not in your life, he's not in your boat, then when you experience storms, you should be afraid. You don't have answers. You don't know how you will make it through. But for those of us who have Jesus in our lives, who we've brought him into the ship and not just brought him on, we, we said we want you to be the captain, we want you to be our Lord, we want you to be our savior, then we're not sailing through life alone. And when our boat comes into a storm, whether it's a health crisis or a personal one, that we have a savior with us who can look at us in the storm and say, I've made it through a greater storm than this. And if you stay with me, 
I will carry you through the storm. And even more than that, not just will I take you through the storm, but in this storm, I will redirect your future. I will work in your life in this storm. I will change you in this storm. I will take you where you weren't going to go before, where I have you to go. You might get wet, but you're going to come out the other side better because stormy conditions are optimal conditions to impact your spiritual condition. So don't waste this storm that you're in right now. At some point, we're praying, we're believing that things are going to get back to normal. But you and I don't have to get back to normal in our lives. What is God trying to do in your life in this storm? Back to our original question. How are you being impacted by how you are being impacted? How's God impacting you through this? What fears in your life have been brought to the surface that you would say, my goodness, these are driving so much, so much of my everyday life. Take those fears before God, explore them. Allow him to fix those fears in your life. Or maybe it's your priorities. Maybe you've got some cargo that's sliding all over your deck that you need to secure, you need to give more attention to. Or maybe you've got some things in your life that have become too important that you need to let go. Allow God to impact your priorities, not just in the storm, but on the other side of the storm. Or, or maybe you've had some false gods in your life, some things that in calm conditions you've been clinging to for security, but now you realize that they don't have answers. They're false. Will you let go of those gods and cling to God for your answers? And maybe for you, it's, you've realized you, you, you've been selling through life under your own power. Jesus has not been a part of your life. And now that you're in this storm, you're trying to pilot your ship all by yourself and it's not working and you need the ultimate answer. If that's you, I want you to know, maybe you've tuned in today just to hear this. Jesus is the answer to your questions. Jesus is the answer to your life. Jesus wants to come into your life he wants to forgive the mess that you've created. He wants to be your savior, and he wants to lead you through the storm. Wherever you're sitting, I just want to ask you to bow your heads. We're, gonna, we're just going to take a quick moment of reflection. Wherever you're sitting right now, I just want to ask you to take 15 seconds and pray a very short prayer, which is basically this. God, what do you want to say to me in this storm? How do you want to impact me in this storm? I'll give you a moment. As you sit there, ask that question of the Lord and listen to what he has to say. Maybe Jesus is saying to you, I want to come into your life. Wherever you're sitting right now, I just want to tell you how to do that. It's just by simply inviting him in. If you want to have some words to say to him, let me give those to you. You can just bow your head, you can close your eyes and just pray this with me. Jesus, I realize that I've made a mess in my life. I have sinned. I deserve the consequence of death for my sin. 
Thank you for coming into this world to take my place, to offer me forgiveness that only comes through you. I invite you into my life. I receive your forgiveness. I ask that you will be my Savior and my Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening today, for for coming together to worship with us, to join us. If the Lord did something in your life, I just want to ask you. There's a comment section if you're watching online, on Facebook, or on YouTube. If God spoke to you in this storm, would you just share that with our church family? Would you just give a testimony to what he has done for you, what he has shown you? Just enter it in the comment section, whether on YouTube or on Facebook. And if you were there and you prayed that prayer with me right now to invite Jesus into your life to be your Savior, you can share that as well. If you want to share it publicly, we would praise God for that. But I, I, I want to know what God's done in your life. If you just want to share it privately, you, you can share it with me personally at my email address. It's just this. They're going to put it on the screen below, but it's F at butlercac.org. I, I want to follow up with you. I want to offer you some resources to take some next steps in your journey with Jesus. Thank you for being with us. Tune in again next week as we celebrate Easter together. We're going to have Good Friday service on April 10th, and then we're going to have Easter together online on April 12th. God bless you. We love you. We miss you. Can't wait to see you again soon.